0: cbd CBD products are formulated to boost overall wellness and deliver calm vibes for daytime and nighttime use. CBD-FX uses only organically grown hemp and all natural ingredients. cbd best-selling line of CBD products features wellness-boosting CBD and legal Delta 9 THC gummies, oil tinctures, capsules, pens, and other products. Visit CBDFX.com today and use code GENIUS to get 25% off site-wide plus a free CBD bath bomb with your first purchase. The code is Genius, G-E-N-I-U-S. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners only at CBDFX.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX.
2: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. My guest today is Daniel Malone. He's a founder and content creator at Malone Financial. Uh, So we're going to talk about his work and his YouTube channel. So, Daniel, welcome. Thanks for having me, Richard. Yeah, tell me first a bit about your background. How did you get into finances? And then I want to ask you about your current work today. Yeah, it's actually, it's a bit of a weird one. So when I was
3: leaving school and kind of trying to pick university courses to study, I actually had previously no experience with business and finance. And I was kind of looking for, for something that was kind of broad, fit into in, in college. I did a I did a business degree at undergraduate level because, as I said, it was broad. I then specialized in finance and accountancy, ended up doing a master's in accountancy then after 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 college. And then I ended up working for PricewaterhouseCoopers for just under five years in the asset and wealth management division. So, looking at auditing the financial statements of some of the biggest investment funds in the world, your Vanguard, your BlackRock, et cetera. So, yeah, I worked there for about five years. Yeah, I, I, during COVID, I kind of started a, a bit of a pandemic project where I started making online financial education content, primarily
2: on YouTube, but later migrated over to TikTok and Instagram and LinkedIn and things like that. So you said you were able to review financial statements from the world's biggest companies. What insights can you talk about from reviewing those? Any unexpected things you saw? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the big thing
3: for me really was, again, I was kind of based in the investment funds division. So I'm looking at mutual funds, pension funds, ETFs, things like that. I suppose the big thing for me was really just seeing the complexity under the hood and the various different types of investments that can exist within pensions and, and mutual funds and things like that. Um, I think when you talk about the investing world in, in the day-to-day life, you know, people are kind of just like restricted to like stocks and bonds and things like that. But when you actually look at it from a professional lens and you're looking under the hood and on financial statements... You start to see a world of complex derivatives and options and forwards and swaps and all this kind of stuff. So it was really interesting to kind of take my previously novice um, approach to understanding investments and kind of learn more about the the
2: deeper side of things. Well, do the big guys do anything in particular or very sophisticated where they only do what's appropriate for their size? Or like how would you characterize what they do versus uh, a small business in the US, let's say? Yeah, I suppose they kind of just act um, in the best interest
3: of their clients. It, it really depends on on the particular fund in question. You know, if you had a like a Vanguard S and P 500 fund, that's a passively managed fund, so they would be tracking the S and P 500 index. Whereas we could be looking at a a more actively managed pension fund who have lots of investment managers at the wheel who are making active decisions about their clients' money and where to allocate it and things like that. I suppose how it differs to you know a regular brick and mortar business that obviously you're dealing with investments of people's money as opposed to the sale of goods and services so definitely a different side of business that people might not be used to but
2: interesting nonetheless so what is your current advisory focus on who is your current clients that you help? yeah so what I do as my kind of full-time gig at the moment, as I said, is content creation online.
3: So I wouldn't necessarily have one-to-one clients per se. My clients are technically the entirety of my viewership base. So I've scaled my YouTube channel to nearly 10,000 followers over the last two years. And across all social media channels, I have about 25,000 followers. And I get in the reach of 10 to 15,000 views per month on my channel. So I would cover topics from pensions to personal investment portfolios, to saving, budgeting, mortgages, buying a house, things like that. So a lot of my engagement with individual viewers will be in the comment section of videos where they might have questions about the, the content that I've covered. I am a fully qualified financial advisor. I just don't have a licensed practice where, you know, I give formal financial advice in return for compensation. I'm kind of going, uh, I suppose, a new way about it in terms of making the content free, but then getting paid uh, in the form of ad revenue
2: and partnerships with specific companies. Do you have courses that you're making, or is it just your ad revenue and everything's free? Yeah, it's in pretty much driven by ad revenue
3: and the viewerships that I get. Uh, I like suppose my two main revenue streams are uh, advertising, and then also, as I said, I do uh, like partnerships with brokerage platforms uh, that are operating here in Ireland and in Europe. So um, I would do that, and then I would also do like corporate speaking for the likes of Google and Meta and things like that, where I would talk to their employees about finance and financial decision making and things like that so it's definitely a different approach to the kind of financial advisory fear but i definitely think over the next few years with gen z coming up the ranks
2: that's gonna kind of revolutionize how i suppose financial advice is delivered and how people consume financial advice as well well what do you see changing recently over the past couple of years in terms of finance i know it's a very broad question but what are some things that jump out at you yeah. The big thing for me has to be
3: innovation, um, especially here in Europe. You know, The European investing scene as a whole is much less developed than it is in the US and Canada. There's definitely a cultural shift happening here in Europe as a whole, where people are taking more of an active interest in their investments from a younger age. That's especially true when it comes to pensions and retirement planning as well. So what we're seeing is a lot more fintech startup companies really trying to change the game in terms of, how people invest their money. So we're seeing a lot more modernization of investing. Um, whereas, you know, just 10 years ago, you know, in, if you were to try to invest in the stock market as an Irish investor or anyone living in Europe, it would be quite complex. The U.S. is definitely far more ahead in terms of the innovation that you guys have over there. But we're seeing a, a lot more startup companies kind of come to the ranks and I suppose democratize investing
2: for Europeans. So innovation has to be the biggest change I've seen over the last few years. What about for individual investors, your audience? What what kinds of things are important for them to look at and consider now with the current economy in Europe and the US? Yeah, I think for me anyway, the biggest
3: learning point over the last three years um, that I've seen people take on is to not get kind of caught up in the hype of what's going on in the short term. You know, 2020, 2021, we saw a lot of people get into crypto and NFTs. And for a lot of people, that was the first time they ever put their money into the financial markets. And you know, a lot of people got burned and lost money and they weren't necessarily making sensible investments that made sense in the context of their own personal circumstances. So I think one of the key learning points for my viewers and beginner investors as a whole is that, you know, you really kind of need to do your own research and make sure that um, the investments that you're selecting are suitable for you. There is an easy way to do that. You can just stick with with low cost, passively managed index funds as recommended by the likes of Warren Buffett, John C. Bogle before he passed and things like that. So, yeah, really not getting
2: caught up in the high doing your research and keeping things simple is probably the, the biggest takeaway. Well, are index funds and things I've like had, you think uh, a prudent investment right now? Or, you know, well, what's your outlook for the, you know, the equity stock market maybe this year? Yeah, of course. I think the the beauty of
3: of my investment approach and and many others is that I'm a long term investor. So I, I really my investment horizon is no less than ten to fifteen years. So I try not to get overly concerned about what's happening in the short term. I think it's very difficult to predict, you know, accurately what way the stock market is going to go in the short term. But for index fund investors, we don't really care because you know your investments are so diversified. Even if you're in an S and P 500, you're you're diversified across the top 500 companies in the U.S. But you can equally be in an all World index fund or European index fund. So I definitely think, you know, how the Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, and the Bank of England, you know, react to to changing inflation data and how that affects interest rates is obviously going to affect the valuation of equities, given the the intrinsic link between equity valuations and interest rates. But I think people, the average investor doesn't really want to consider their investments on a day-to-day basis. They kind of want to just put their money somewhere where they know that over the long term, it's going to grow quite reliably based on historical data. And I think index funds are the way to do that. So yeah, I wouldn't get overly concerned about what's happening in the short term. It's still relevant and good to know what's happening. But for me,
2: a long-term focus is what's required. Right, with any focus, you have a time horizon. So if yours is, let's say, 10 years, what trends do you think are going to develop over the next 10 to 15 years? And it's where people position themselves or it's just so impossible to tell really index funds is the only way to go.
3: Yeah, I think a great example of this is is the likes of uh, Kathy Woods suite of ETFs and mutual funds with Ark Innovation, where where those guys are kind of trying to pick the the big winners of tomorrow, um, in terms of AI and other kind of technical companies who are innovating in new in new spaces. But I think it's it's really hard to know where things are going to be in twelve months time, let alone ten years time. I think we can have some pretty good indications as to what in-strings are ripe for disruption and what industries will emerge from new technologies it's hard to know you know, what companies are going to be included in the likes of the s&p 10 years time i think i would take solace in the fact that you know there's over a hundred years worth of data that says that you know if you just invest consistently pretty much no matter what happens um in terms of the macro environment and what companies come and go you know if, if you do stick to high quality index funds you are going to do well but yeah i think no industry is safe from disruption these days especially with the advent of ai and that's going to impact various industries so yeah it'll, it'll certainly be interesting to see but i don't have an answer as to as to what i think it will look like in 10 years
0: cbdfx full spectrum and broad spectrum cbd products are formulated to boost overall wellness and deliver calm vibes for daytime and nighttime use cbdfx is offering our listeners an exclusive 25 percent off which i think is very generous plus a free cbd bath bomb with your first purchase when you use the code GENIUS. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners only at CBDFX.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX.
2: What are some of the topics that you teach on that have been very popular or well received on your channel? Yeah, I think for me, the most popular topic
3: is probably retirement planning. I think we hear so much bad news in terms of retirement planning here in Ireland and indeed in Europe in terms of our aging population and how, you know, the vast majority of Europeans aren't on track for a financially comfortable retirement and the risk of poverty and things like that. So I think I get a lot of attention in terms of how not only young people but just people who are in their 40s 50s and even 60s how they can kind of take steps to ensure that they're doing the most they can for their financial well-being and retirement so whether that's understanding what investments to make within their pensions to how they actually go about drawing down that in retirement and living off of it, yeah, retirement
2: seems to be a really a really popular topic that I cover whenever I make a video on it. The viewership tends to do quite well. Well, what are some of the nuances of retirement planning that are unique to you versus maybe standard or about Yeah, I think for me, the avoidance of lifestyle creep can't be overemphasized. So lifestyle
3: creep is effectively where, you know, let's say you're contributing 5% of your gross salary to a pension or a retirement fund. And then over time, over 10, 15 years, you experience increases in your salary as you progress through your job or whatever you might be doing in your occupation, but instead of allocating more money to your retirement fund you go and spend it on things that you may not need you might increase your standard of living when you technically can't afford it and then your kind of future investments get neglected so while i think there's a lot of content around you know where to put your money and what to invest in and things like that i don't think the effects of lifestyle creep are discussed as much as they should be because i feel like people tend to take a very short-term and myopic view on the retirement planning whereby they say okay i'm really interested in my retirement right now and for the next two years i'm going to do really well in terms of maximizing my contributions to my retirement fund and things like that but then over time you know they tend to slip in terms of their discipline so really staying consistent for long periods of time investing in your retirement fund is is one of the best pieces of advice i can give
2: yeah but if you know you tell people to live beneath their means and save and save and save i mean what's the end point they let's say okay they're 65 now they want to retire but now it's like okay, well, still don't splurge, still be careful because you get to shepherd your money for the rest of your life and make sure it lasts. Yeah, I don't know. If, um, you know when when did people get to relax and spend what they were? Is yeah, really for sure. For most people?
3: It's it's an interesting one because I definitely agree. I subscribe to the mentality that obviously you need to live your life and you need to enjoy experiences and, and spend money as needed. I think there is balance to be struck when you're working, and I think that sacrifices naturally do have to be made if you want to. Live the retirement that many people do. And for many people, that will just be maintaining their standard of living from pre to post retirement. In terms of like when, you know, you kind of get to take a break from the investing and taking your cash and enjoying it and stuff like that, it really comes down to the person. I mean, I would be of the mentality that if at all possible, you should continue your, your investing journey all the way through your retirement. And yes, you can obviously draw down your retirement fund and enjoy it and things like that. But if you're getting into things like estate planning and figuring out if you want to like leave a sizable sum of money to your children or your spouse or whatever, like oh, things like that, I think the considerations around investments in retirement still become relevant throughout life. I don't think it's a case of, okay, I'm going to invest until I'm 60 and then I'm done and then happy days i going to live off of my retirement fund because for a lot of people if you're not invested through retirement you're probably going to run out of money if you're not careful so having it stayed invested in the stock market or wherever it would be bonds cash at least then you're getting some amount of growth
2: and you can kind of maintain the value of your fund over time Okay. any other hot topics that you have to address or you want to address or you think it's important to address on your channels? The two biggest pieces of advice I always give on the channel is, because investing is kind of the, the core topic that I cover, it,
3: it's really the premise of the channel. People always ask me, you know, where do I start? And a lot of the time they're like, oh, you know, I have this amount of money in a bank account and I'm looking at this, this and this. And, you know, the one thing I always say is if you can maximize your investments into your retirement fund and get all of the great tax benefits that obviously vary from country to country, you know, if you can maximize that, that and then after you do that, if you still have money left over then you can kind of look into investing in ETFs and uh, index funds in your own personal retirement, you know, like your own personal investment portfolio. So, you know, th- that's really the core piece of investing advice that I would give. In terms of other kind of hot topics, I mean, look, we could talk about that. I know housing and mortgages, things like that is a very mm-hmm. important topic on my channel, but it varies so much from country to country because the the housing market here is completely different to, to where it would be in the US or Canada or even in the water. So
2: yeah, it, it certainly varies, but there's a lot of interesting topics there. What about for white people or entrepreneurs, you know, solo 401ks or, or other instruments they'd have over in Europe? Are, are there many of those? Do you discuss them? Yeah, I suppose it, we're, we're kind of envious of the 401k
3: um, over here in Ireland because our our retirement system is is much less developed and you have much less options than you guys do over in the States. For self-employed people, fortunately, there are some good tax advantages associated with retirement funding. For example, over here, you can contribute a lot of money out of your business into your pension fund for the benefit of the business owner, and you can pretty much avoid paying tax that way. Obviously, the drawback is that once the money goes into the pension, it can't be accessed until at least age 50, but it allows the entrepreneur to avoid any kind of income taxes or corporate taxes that they may have pay on the money and um, by contributing to a pension. So that's definitely a, a positive that exists over here. But yeah, pensions are definitely an important vehicle for, for self-employed and, and entrepreneurs. I think as well, you know, the, the actual tax benefits and correctly structuring your company as an entrepreneur is something that I get asked about quite a lot because you have a lot of people who will get involved in a, in a co-founding or founding position. And they'll do quite well in the business, and then they'll go to exit, and then they'll realize, oh, I didn't set up the company correctly, or I didn't do the most tax-efficient structure, and then they'll put a nice large tax bill at the end. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of trying to traverse the waters of entrepreneurship in the most tax-efficient way possible is uh, also an interesting topic.
2: All right, well, very good. Uh, Daniel, uh, what's the name of your channel? Where can people find out more about your work, your channel? Where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm just at Milan Financial everywhere: YouTube, TikTok, Instagram,
3: LinkedIn, uh, Facebook as well. Um, as I said on YouTube, I do primarily long-form content, and then on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, I would do short-form content. So, kind of your thirty to sixty-second bite-sized information. So, yeah, if if anyone out there is is looking for some primarily European-focused financial discussions, then check me out. Um, I do tend to make some U.S.-based content, but not a whole lot because there's a lot of great guys over there doing that already. So yeah, I try to cater to my European audience.
2: Okay. Well, very good. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, Richard.
0: Remember, before you go, check out CBDFX.com for the best in organic, all-natural CBD products, both for you and your pets. Boost your wellness today and get 25% off your first order. Plus get a free CBD bath bomb when you use code GENIUS at checkout. That's code G-E-N-I-U-S. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners only at cbdfx.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description
1: to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.